Category is mental health. Category is it takes a village. Category is motherfucking stories over stigma. Welcome back, everybody, to another week of Bipolar Girl Podcast. We are excited to be with you. We are excited that we made it another week. We cannot believe that we're still in the middle of season three and we haven't gotten sick of it. Um, It's your hosts, Rebecca and Steven. Um, We are absolutely loving um, being with you this year and the rich content that we have. And tonight is no different. So tonight we have Alex with us, and he is the creator of the Lifey app. Um, and I actually had the privilege of. Um... Would you meet him? No, I'm d- submitting. Ah, contributing. <laughs> hey, guys. Sorry, I just barely jumped on. How are you no, doing? Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. We were just introducing uh, uh, the show this week and letting everyone know in uh, Bipolar Podcast land that we are meeting with a fabulous creator of an app that seems really cool and nifty. Yeah, I was just showing Steve in the app. And we saw my videos. Yay! Yay, yeah. I just barely got your videos up like (laughs) a few hours ago, so... That's excellent. Very nice. So why don't you introduce yourself and then we can go into what the app is and how it works. Yeah, sure thing. Well, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm I'm excited. I think I've only been on like maybe one other podcast and that was before I started the app. So this is my, uh, we're kind of making history here. But um, so I'm Alex Belinsky. I'm the founder of the Lifey Project. I've been doing, you know, YouTube uh, video interviews for about a decade. I did about a thousand interviews on YouTube. And then a few years ago, I felt inspired to create a mobile app to virtually interview tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people about their life experiences to create a free resource, kind of like a Wikipedia 3.0 kind of a thing where it's you know a free community resource that everyone can contribute to and everyone can learn from each other. So... Yeah, you know, I was kind of looking at some of the videos and like I started feeling like I was living in that show Black Mirror that was on Netflix for a little while. Mm-hmm. Like this this modern alternative virtual world where individuals <laughs> are kind of like engaging or at least living um, or having experiences um, that are cataloged. Like uh-huh. I feel like something else needs to happen. Like we need some sort of social capital or some sort of like digital capital to go along with these shares no like bitcoin maybe no. Bitcoin. <laughs> no kidding but it's great so tell us like your inspiration behind uh wanting to uh develop this app so uh for me it's actually a very faith-based journey um so for anyone who knows me personally they know i'm like a conservative christian very religious and when i was starting um, I went to school and graduated from uh, BYU in Provo, Utah about, uh, I think it was 2013, uh, studying communications journalism. Anyway, when I started going to college, uh, it was 2006. I think I just barely turned 17. I started I started school a, a year early, but um, I, I know I was super duper stressed out about trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I didn't, you know, view my career as just the means to provide for my family. Um, but like, I wanted it to be a very meaningful thing. And I, I, so I was being super prayerful, trying to figure out, you know, what God wanted me to do and praying about that and talking to people and exploring options. And, uh, and I, I don't know how much detail you want. Cause I, I could kind of deep dive, um, but deep dive. Nutshell, deep- I, uh, did you say deep dive? Yeah, let, let, let's let, let's deep dive. I mean, it, it's always <laughs> great to have lived in very authentic lived experiences um, from multiple perspectives. I love it. Yeah. So, um, in a, in a nutshell, I had some really strong feelings, um, kind of like inspirational moments um, where I felt directed 
and, and kind of guided to one study broadcast journalism um, as a major, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I didn't have any interest in it at the time. But as I started pursuing that path, you know, I started interviewing people about these interesting people who had interesting life experiences and creating little, you know, short 90 second, you know, video news stories for the university. And I, I learned doing that, that I really enjoyed um, interviewing people. I love, I love people in general. I, I just am like a very pro-social kind of personality. And um, I also realized the power that video has for good or evil. Like, you know, you can watch, uh, for example, with news stories, I, I realized, you know, say there's a tragic accident that occurs, depending on how a reporter reports that accident, it can uplift uh, and inspire viewers to live better lives, or it can be reported in a way that kind of, you know, it makes people feel kind of more dark inside and like more depressed about life. And um, anyway, so I just kind of realized, you know, video is such a powerful medium to communicate audio as well. And, you know, uh, depending on, I mean, as journalists, you're supposed to be kind of, um, what's the word, uh, you know, where you don't take sides, objective. Um, oh, but yeah. Neutral. You know, yeah, neutral. But, you know, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's impossible to be like a hundred percent neutral and, and like the way that you frame and who you choose to interview and what voices you elevate or, you know, disregard, you know, kind of, um, can have a large impact anyway. Um, so I started pursuing this path and I just felt this kind of, I remember there's one specific day I was walking across campus and I just felt kind of empty. I was like, I felt like I was doing everything right, but I felt like there was something missing that, that I was supposed to be doing. And I felt like it was in the online video space. Um, anyway, so I started, you know, um, thinking about, you know, what's a video resource I could create that would be helpful for people online. And, you know, I was thinking about interviewing people about different majors because I was trying to figure out, you know, my career. I was thinking that would be really helpful. At the time, I was preparing to serve a, a church service mission, uh, which I ended up serving in Argentina for two years. Um, so I was thinking about interviewing people about mission experiences and then all sorts of different ideas. Um, so I started interviewing people um, while I was attending school at BYU. And, uh, and then I went on a mission uh, in Argentina for two years, came back and kept on interviewing people. And I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of fascinating because our, our YouTube videos have reached, I want to I want to say collectively, they have something like 90 million views on YouTube uh, of these video interview snippets. And um, it was, you know, it was pretty fulfilling. There's definitely some people who benefited from the interviews, but I just kept on feeling like, like YouTube wasn't the finish line, but it was more of like a stepping stone um, for what I could do. And and I remember about maybe four years ago, three and a half years ago, uh, I remember I had at least two, maybe three experiences where I just had this, uh, I don't know if you can relate to this. I, I, it's not a common experience for me at all. It's only happened to me like a couple times, but I had this experience, you know, where I just had this like flood of inspiration or ideas kind of go to my mind uh, where I just kind of felt like I was kind of envisioning what what could be um, and had this idea of, you know, creating a mobile app where we virtually interview people around the world about, you know, a plethora of topics. And then after that, you know, I didn't know how to program at the time, so I couldn't, you know, create an app, um, but I tried to figure things out. Um, Eventually decided, you know, after uh, feeling like I should learn how to program, I started taking, you know, classes online on Udemy and lynda.com to learn how to program. And, and then, yeah, about three years ago, um, uh, you know, started the Lifey app, like launched the initial version, which was basically just some text on the screen that you know, had like one topic and some subtopics. Um, and since then, the app hasn't changed a whole lot, but it's gotten a little bit more colorful. There's some nice icons, and and definitely, you know, there's some content now. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of it in a in a nutshell. It's been a so very how did you so how did you and that does great. Thank you for kind of setting that up a little bit about just some background and it's kind of a couple things that actually um, is worth pausing on and kind of talking about a little bit more was a just the physical layout of the app itself has this feeling of you know someone giving sort of testimony or you know communicating with the wider community so i kind of can feel that sort of christian spirit in the app so when you say it it's like oh wow this makes total sense what you're doing um but then also i find it fascinating that you're you're not afraid of covering all of these topics i'm assuming by you went to BYU i'm assuming you're mormon yep yeah we we call ourselves Latter-day Saints more frequently, but yeah, yep. Right. Uh, very familiar. Many friends. I lived in California. Um, oh, cool. I had a boss once who was Latter-day Saints, and I was yeah. often recruited quite a bit to actually join. But anyway, yeah. I, I, what I, what, I, what I also find interesting is that you're not afraid to touch these very hard topics that oftentimes uh, people who are of faith, at least the Christian faith, are afraid to talk about. What was the reaction? Yeah, I mean, so when I was uh, um, served a mission in Argentina, one thing that you experience is you talk with people from all sorts of backgrounds. And, uh, you know, it's an eye-opening experience talking with people who are homeless, uh, in gangs, all sorts of different people <laughs> that you might not normally associate with. Right, and, right. And so I think um, that maybe one of the reasons why I feel so comfortable talking with people about sensitive issues sometimes um, and people from different backgrounds is just I had a, a lot of experience doing, you know, putting myself in uncomfortable situations in Argentina, um, in unknown situations in different cities and different people every day, you know. Um, so I think that's part of it. But I also feel like, I know, I just feel like the world... Um, I feel like there's a need in the world for some of the resources we're trying to create. Um, you know, I've, I look at the internet right now in the state of social media and the state of news media, and there's a lot of contention, uh, you know, a lot of uh, disunity, especially right now in our, you know, in the United States and in our dialogue. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's very emotional. I know there's just so much value to to listening like you know life isn't all about arguing on social media trying to prove your point i feel like uh there's so much value in seeking first to understand the other person's opinion and and perspective and, and gaining empathy and understanding for that and i think for some of the hard issues like um you know there's underserved populations there's people who are struggling and you know from a christian perspective like you know, one of the things I've been taught growing up is this, you know, instilled in within me this desire to help people in need. And, you know, more than anything, uh, I want, like, by the time I die, I just want to, like, help a ton of people. Um, and there's, there's people in really sensitive situations that are often the people who need the most help, but who often get, you know, forgotten uh, or underserved. Um and I, I don't feel like our society is, you know, built perfectly to be able to, you know, address everyone's needs perfectly. No, and and and, as, and absolutely, when you talk about being a person of faith, we often, even as people of faith, we individuals fall short on living up to the values uh, that we most claim or you know commit ourselves to following so you're absolutely right we need to do better i remember like very early on actually when i was in california there was always this discussion of individuals that like attended like well biola i don't know if you've ever heard of biola it's another christian school okay. um, um in southern california yeah and there was always this discussion of the intersection between faith those who are marginalized and also just coming up out of coming out of your shell mm -hmm. um, or your small sort of community that you've grow you grew up in, and I know it, it can be quite a contentious conversation, which then leads me to your specific. You, you seem to cover mental health quite a bit. 
um, on Lifey. And did this unpack, like, did you get this because of some sort of lived experience with family or, you know, personally, or was this something you figured, well, this is just an opportunity to talk about something that's often seen as taboo? Well, I mean, you know, eventually I want to have dozens of topics on the app, like any topic that could be helpful. And I, I've definitely had, um, I'll often, you know, meet with people on, on video calls and ask them for feedback. And I had a lot of people request mental health, um, you know, mental health, relationships, personal finance. And so I kind of took in that feedback and, and there's sections now on the app for, you know, mental health, relationships, finance, um, and, uh, yeah, I just think, I know, I mean, mental health, um, I'm passionate about all the topics on the app, but I do think, you know, mental health is something that touches everyone's life. Like we all deal with mental health, uh, at least from my experience, you know, talking with tons of people, I don't think there's a single person that I know of, you know, who doesn't experience depression and, and anxiety to some extent at some points in their life. And, and so I feel like, um, and you know, there's a lot of mental illnesses, uh, that, that seem fairly common. Um, and so I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I've experienced, you know, struggles where, uh, I personally, you know, one thing I struggle with currently sometimes is a sense of overwhelm <laughs> with this project, right? Like, cause I feel like I'm trying to boil the sea, so to speak, like I've got, like 20,000 topics on there and we're trying to collect hundreds of videos about every single one of them. And, and it's a, a daunting thing to, to do as basically a one man band with some unpaid interns and a, you know, a couple uh, of my wife's younger sisters helped me out part time here and there. But uh, you know, I don't have any, in, you know, investors or, you know, I don't have a large amount of resources. It's it's pretty much like a passion service project at this point. Just a very ambitious one. And um, that's what I was that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how are you? How did you get started? Started in terms of like financially, like as a startup. This is basically a tech startup. Yeah. And did you did you raise money through the church? Um, you know, did they you know take up a collection to say like let's help make sure this project, you know, gets off the ground, you know, how, how did you do it? Or was this just like a matter of, you know, saying to your mom and dad or family, <laughs> like, Hey, I want to do this really cool thing. I think it's my passion. I think, I, I think I heard a word from the Lord and uh -huh. I really want to follow it. And they're like, yes, son, follow your path. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> great question. So, um, how it worked was, um, my wife and I, you know, we started out doing YouTube interviews and, and uh, publishing on our website. It used to be called Prepare to Serve. Now it's called lifey.org. Um, but I remember when Rebecca and I, we were praying about it and we're like, okay, we have this feeling, this idea, like I need to do this project. I, I think it could help a lot of people. Um, but, uh, you know, should we quit my job? Like, should I take the leap? Uh, and at the time, you know, we didn't have really, you know, we didn't have any income coming from the project. And we just had our newborn, our oldest son, Nephi. And, um, and we had about a year, a year left of college before we'd graduate. Anyway, we prayed about it and actually felt good about me quitting my job. I just had a campus uh, custodial job, which I absolutely loved, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we prayed about it. And I, I told my, my boss I was going to quit on Friday so I could pursue this project idea. And I think we had enough, we had enough, um, in savings to give us about maybe six months of runway to be able to pay for rent and food. Um, but you know, <clears throat> you know, my thought is we'll give it an honest shot for six months. Worst comes to worst. We burn through all of our resources and then I just have to, you know, pick up a normal job like everyone else. Uh, right. but when I quit my job, we saw some, I guess what I would call a tender mercy or like little miracles that kind of made it possible <laughs> right. for me not to have to pick up a, you know, a, a job and be able to continue work on this project for the last, you know, nine years or so. Um, so like two days after I quit my job, uh, we had one of my wife's relatives called us out of nowhere, totally oblivious to our situation of me quitting my campus job. Um, but they offered us free rent to live with my wife's grandma. And that for us was like, 
the perfect thing at the perfect time <clears throat> because, you know, with my campus job, I only probably made, I don't know, maybe 500 to $1,000 a month or whatever, you know, not very much, uh, just enough to kind of pay, you know, starving student bills. Um, <laughs> of right, like right. And uh, anyway, when we got free rent, you know, it was basically we were losing all of my part-time income but we were we were losing having to pay for rent and utilities um and that just happened you know totally out of nowhere like um but we ended up living with my wife's grandma for about 3 years uh during which time we didn't have to pay rent and that gave me enough time to start to get our website and youtube channel up and running and start getting some income um and, you know, I think uh, I may be happy to share, you know, the income history. Uh, if you're interested, I'm totally open to sharing whatever. But um, basically, it started you know, out at zero where I was making zero dollars. <laughs> and then eventually I started getting some businesses that would like put little sponsored ads on our website. Oh, cool. um, and, uh, you know, bit by bit, we started growing. And then, you know, maybe three or four years into doing it <laughs> full time, basically, uh, you know, it was finally a, more of a livable income of like, you know, $30,000 a year. Uh, and then, <laughs> no, no, and you don't have to get into specifics. I'm just wondering, like, yeah. I, and I do, and, and bless you for being so honest and open because we are pretty oh, yeah. open on this show too. But like, I, I, you know, I'm just curious about your journey, and yeah. uh, that's more why I asked the question. Like, oh, how yeah. you... and and to clarify, his wife's name is Rebecca. Oh yeah, that's true. Because yes. my name is also Rebecca, so I don't want everybody confused. Good, good, good. Well, it was funny because when you said you and Rebecca were praying, I was like, Rebecca, <laughs> I've said this is this is a great turning point because this has been a discussion in our family for a long time. Like it's been a while since we've prayed. And like I'm like, it's time to get on our knees. It's been a while. So <laughs> the one thing that really struck me about Lifey is that it basically is doing what we're trying to do with our podcast. So our podcast is very much stories over stigma. And we have people on here who have different mental illnesses and they tell their story. And, and the hope is, is that somebody somewhere is going to listen, going through something similar and not feel alone. Mm -hmm. um, because with any illness and with mental illness, you know, when you get that diagnosis, it's very scary. Like you, you don't know. There's a lot of questions and, and there's not a lot of answers and Google isn't very helpful because WebMD will convince you that you're dying with an aneurysm and you have a <laughs> headache. And so that's what I really love about this app is that you can go here and, and you can get real live stories from real live people who have gone through all these things that you are going through. And so it's it's not very, you know... Not that it's not highbrow, but it's not it's not medical. It's it's not a bunch of medical mm -hmm. terms. It's not a bunch of jargon. It it's just like you're sitting down having a conversation with somebody. And you know, and you do that with mental health, you do that with careers. You know, I love the US cities where you can go and learn about the different US cities and you have the colleges and it's just I just I I think it's great. Yeah, you know, what you mentioned about, you know, going on Google and, and looking for support when you have a, a health condition, I, you know, I think Google does an incredible job at serving up information for like, um, especially for certain topics where there's a right and a wrong answer. Um, I think though, for some, you know, issues when it comes to life experiences and making choices um, about your life, you know, there's not always a right or a wrong answer. There's often a spectrum of, you know, paths and experiences that are genuine to people's experiences. And, you know, uh, sometimes the, you know, the first link that gets served up on Google, you know, won't be able to give you enough of understanding and, and context to fully understand issues and, and make life decisions. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, I feel like anytime you have to make a life decision, uh, you know, in a perfect world, you would live next to a dozen people who live right next to you who have bipolar disorder or any other <laughs> disorder. Yes. But, you know, in reality, you probably feel like you're the only person on your block who has it. Maybe you might feel quite alone. And um, but, you know, what could be more helpful than to sit down with a dozen people who have been there, done that, had a similar experience to what you're experiencing 
and to be able to interview them for you know half hour an hour ask them any question and kind of get all of their mentorship and learn from their experience going to dozens of doctors and you know going to the hospital and trying out different medications and you know i feel like with mental health interviews too like you know what better than to learn from patients because you know i i don't know for sure but i imagine that doctors you know they uh they have a, a vested interest and there's maybe certain information that they can't divulge mm-hmm. because of certain concerns that they have like they don't want to get mm-hmm. fired from their hospital or lose well, their there's life. HIPAA laws yeah there's privacy yeah, there's laws, HIPAA laws. As well. yeah well and you make a great point too you know especially like i'm looking at the parenting group and it's like you know bedtime tips and mealtime tips and you know how to be a good mom and how to have patience and stuff and like that's something you look up on google and it's like you're going to get 15 different answers but also those answers are going to be skewed by who's paying for the information you know like you read an article in a magazine it's like well who published that like their ideas are you know it's bias in that way Mm -hmm. so to get all this information from just like you said like your neighbors it's it's like you have this little community that you can go to and and learn about these topics yeah it's raw authentic and unfiltered so yeah, and you right. The bias is, I mean, there's always some bias, but the bias is not dictated according to your to one's fiscal bottom line. It's, yeah, you know. And you know, I feel like when people, uh, when you talk face to face with someone, um, it just, I feel like it's easier to to trust the information or uh, to take it in context because, like. Uh, I know if you go on the web and you search for an information and you read a couple of blog posts, you don't really get a feel for like who that person is. Um, you know, how much more helpful would it be if you could actually see and talk with that person face to face? Cause I just feel like as human beings, we're like hardwired to be able to read like a kajillion nonverbal cues that, that can communicate trustworthiness, authenticity, genuineness in our voice inflection, in, you know, our behaviors. And, um, one, one thing I think about, so like, for example, uh, people who look up what, what I believe, uh, in my Christian faith, if they went on Google, they'd have like five sources on the top 10, you know, links that would, tell them one thing they'd have five other links that would tell them a totally different thing. And, you know, as someone who doesn't have any friends who are members of the faith, they'd be like, you know, okay, like this is conflicting. Like there's people saying this, there's people saying that, like Mm -hmm. who should I believe? But it would be so much easier to discern information if you could talk directly with the source where you knew the source of the information, you knew the people behind the information, you know? And so I think any way that we can like virtually um, connect people where they can, you know, meet face to face with not just one person, but hear dozens of perspectives and hear the full flavor of variety of, of true genuine experiences that people can have. I just think it helps with the (laughs) kind of contextual understanding and, um, yeah, it just makes it easier to navigate and feel confident too. Cause I, you know, like with Amazon reviews, you know, product reviews, I go on there and I'll read product reviews, but it takes me forever to try to filter because, you know, a lot of people are hired by companies to leave text reviews mm-hmm. and, oh, I know. you know, it's hard to, to navigate, but how much easier and more trustworthy is it? You know, if you're just, you know, I might just be standing in line at Subway waiting to get a sandwich and I might just talk with a complete stranger and he might just be like, you know, I got this flat screen TV. I absolutely love it. Got it the other day. And that to me, that, you know, two second face-to-face recommendation might be more meaningful to me than, you know, 30 text, you know, reviews on Amazon just because I I trust it because he can't benefit from giving me the information and I see who he is. I see that he's a real person and he's trying to be helpful to me. And, um, yeah. Well, I can tell you lifey is an introvert's dream It is because it's a way of interacting without having to like engage until you're ready. Until you're ready to engage. Yeah. Yeah. You can just watch. Now, are you kind of a voyeur? I found you on (laughs) Apple. Are you also in Google? Yep. Yeah. So there's just that there's iOS and Android app. So you just search okay. and it's the one that says lifey people helping people. Is the okay. Name. 
So you're on both. So are you are you hosting this app on the dark web or like <laughs> like how do you well only reason I ask is because a colleague of mine, we were thinking about well, someone was requesting an app and he he started telling me that you know you can actually host it on the dark web and it's actually cheaper and the information is not sold to Google. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've had no problems. Um, we just go through the traditional route of, you know, uploading the, the app package to Google Play and the Apple, I, uh, you know, iOS store. And really, for me, I mean, they do have certain regulations and, you know, things that you have to be compliant with if you're doing something social. But, um, I mean, honestly, the biggest uh, thing they take from you is if you use uh like if you were to collect um payments on the app they would take a, a commission of like 15 or 30 percent uh, <gasps> no yeah um but <laughs> apple's actually getting in trouble right now with epic games like the the judge ruled that they need to allow companies because you know thousands of companies make a living off of their apps and right. uh currently apple's kind of, kind of close to a monopoly you know I mean, for iOS, they're the only way to download an iOS app is like on their store. And right. um, like I, I tried to add a donate button, I think a couple years ago when I just started where people could just, you know, hit donate if they wanted to. And um, but I, I had to remove it because Apple wouldn't approve it because it didn't go through their financial system. Oh, uh, get out of here. And so, so that's the reason why there's not a donate button yet. But um, the judge ruled that actually they have to start allowing people to receive payments outside of the Apple payment system. So they can't mm -hmm. force every company <laughs> who has an iOS app to give them, you know, 30% commission or 15% commission. Um, wow. So, uh, so that's kind of a, a shakeup that's been happening and but it could take months or even a few years for the lawsuit to fully um, settle and for that to be an, um, the new rule because Apple's kind of dragging their heels because you know obviously they're not going to make as much money if developers don't have to go through their payment system. But um, that's kind of so funny. I have an idea for how to raise money. So um, <laughs> I heard many many moons ago that Gladys Knight had converted and became a part mm -hmm. of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. I wonder how you could get word to her and have her the official lifey spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, awesome. you know, I, I gotta I gotta reach out to her. I've, I've definitely yeah. heard, uh, her sing before, and uh, but I haven't reached out to her. I'll have to to reach out to her sometime. I'm telling you, that's like that's my tip. And now I won't charge you thirty percent or twenty percent <laughs> for that tip. By the way, <laughs> well, thank you. That's very generous of you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I one idea I had. I I know I've had a couple different ideas. I do want to add a donate button. I do intend to because I think it would be cool if you could donate to a certain cause within the app, like a certain health condition, and then we take that resource and we build more you know go and interview more people edit them put them on the app so i'm thinking i'll i'll definitely pursue that i'm also th thinking of eventually seeing if there's any organizations that want to sponsor certain you know sections of the app but i know right now i've just been kind of heads down trying to um <coughs> trying to get Excuse up me. the first you know 20,000 videos we just uploaded the 20,000th video like a week ago and um you know i I'm mentally prepared to, you know, personally edit and upload a couple hundred thousand videos before the app takes off. If that's what it takes. But... <laughs> I gave I gave you a virtual clap for uploading your twentieth thousand. Oh, video. I was wondering what that was. I'm like, it sounds like a rain effect or something. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my clap effect. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, uh, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like, um, congratulations. And, you know, with being able to, to uh, you know, create this kind of safe space for individuals to provide their experience, their lived experience. The other side of this, though, is what are the outcomes of individuals sharing these experiences? So, in other words, is it important in some version of this app? to allow professionals to be able to maybe not necessarily respond to the videos themselves, but maybe respond to a set of themes throughout some of the videos. Mm -hmm. Does that take away the trust 
or the authenticity um, or is that just out of the scope of your vision at this point? No, I, I think, I mean, I would love to interview more professionals on the app. I, you know, they have their unique experiences from a professional standpoint, you know, uh, so they have, you know, insights that, you know, someone who's just, you know, who's experiencing it might not have um, because of their background. And uh, I, I kind of feel though, like the way the app is, is structured and it will probably stay this way is there's no, um, what's the word? Um, I'm not playing favorite as far as which videos show up. So like, say there's 10 responses where people are sharing experiences with mania, you know, under right. bipolar one disorder. Um, I, I don't, put i don't sort or rank them um based on my bias i give everyone a hundred percent the same like chance of being shown in first in line or or last in line so it like shuffles randomly all the videos every time you click on a, a selection a topic it'll shuffle the videos in a random order and one thing i kind of like about that and i think i'll probably keep it that way is that i personally think that everyone's voice matters you know even if you're not good looking even if you're not an amazing presenter like your voice and your ideas can still help people and so i think there's something beautiful to the idea of not just collecting you know patient perspectives but also professional perspectives but giving everyone kind of a little bit of an equal standing where you know everyone has the same opportunity to have a voice um because, yeah, I, I, I would love it. I have nothing against, you know, interviewing professionals. They're just harder, you know, to interview. Uh, mm. You know, they don't have many incentives to go out of their way to, you know, do an interview for a half hour or an hour without getting any compensation, you know, especially right. if they have, you know, concerns about being too public, you know, publishing videos and making sure they get everything just right or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to interview um, professionals. The more, the merrier. I feel like the more perspectives we have on the app, the more helpful it is for everyone. Because, I mean, you can't just talk with one person and be confident that you truly understand what the reality is across the board. But if you talk with 20 people and hear 20 different people all share a certain type of experience or advice, like you start seeing trends, you start seeing... Um, very unique experiences. You also see common themes. And, and I think, you know, after you listen to dozens of perspectives, I think there's a degree of confidence that you start to gain kind of an understanding of, you know, all the context, the full flavor of, you know, what bipolar disorder is really about and how it kind of works and how people manage it and experience it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> This is, I mean, this is fascinating. And I happen, and we happen to have a couple friends who are therapists, actually, who oh, cool. are who have co-hosted with us on this show, who probably would be interested in something like this. And we'll have to send this link um, their way because I know they don't shy away from presentations and being able to present publicly. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I, and and I think it's so important to to you know to tell these stories, even authors, people. <clears throat> who are doing things in in the community and so that everyone knows that from no matter like you said no matter who you are you know even if you're the ugliest person i don't know if you meant that physically or spirit or like from your you know mm -hmm. internally but either way even if you are someone who might not be what society deems as physically beautiful or you might be a person on the inside who has a lot of trauma a lot of hurt yeah this gives you an opportunity to really kind of give your story because you're right like one thing that i think we're missing a lot is that empathy and rebecca's been talking a lot about empathy lately and humanity um and understanding just that we're all human and we're flawed and we're all here just on this path and this journey um, seeking righteousness, whatever that means to you, whether it's, you know, religious or, you know, whatever that means, we're all seeking that level of righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Um, those are great thoughts. Sorry. My brain just like spaced for a second. after. I was going to give a comment and I was like, wait, what, what was I going to say? Ah, I bet you it was like profound too. And you know what, and you know what'll happen? Uh -huh. You'll remember it at the random time. I, I probably will. <laughs> um, oh, I, was, I remember what I was going to say. It was just, uh, you know, 
I feel like, uh, you know, I've personally, I think I've interviewed the, there's like 215 videos about bipolar disorder on the app so far, little snippets. And um, I think I've personally interviewed all of, or edited all of them. So I've seen them. And, you know, sometimes uh, you might have someone who's not like an amazing presenter and their video quality might not be perfect, but uh, they will share a golden nugget that um, they'll just say one thing that, for example, one thing that works really well for them, and they'll just mention it in like five seconds on in a video. But I was just thinking like, there's little golden nuggets like that, and you don't know where they'll come from. Like, uh, they could come from a professional, but it could just come from, you know, a random person who, uh, who shares an experience that, you know, could be life-changing. It, it could share an insight or an idea that is just very applicable and helpful. Right. So, you know, from a practical standpoint, walk the user through how they engage. Like, t can you articulate, do you feel comfortable articulating from download mm -hmm. to finish, like what that journey is like? Yeah. So if you want to share your story uh, with bipolar disorder or any health condition on the Lifey app, you first go to the app store, search Lifey, L-I-F-E-Y, and you'll see it you know, it'll show up Lifey, people helping people. You download it, you open it up. The first time you open it, it'll prompt you to sign in or, or sign up. And you'll, you can put in your email, make up a password, and then, you know, hit continue. And then you'll be in the app. You'll see a bunch of colorful icons for different topics. You'll see health conditions, careers, U.S. colleges, dating, personal finance, etc. And so you click on health conditions or mental health. And then you'll see right at the top, <laughs> bipolar disorder or bipolar one disorder, bipolar two disorder. So you click on whichever one that you want to contribute to that's relevant to your experience. And then when you click on bipolar one disorder, for example, you'll see a list of, you know, about 20 topics. And the idea is you have up to one minute per topic to share your two cents. So it's like a rapid fire video interview about your experiences with bipolar uh, disorder. So you just tap record next to the first topic. You know, you've got a minute to share words of encouragement for people who are struggling with bipolar one, and then you upload it and then you go to the next topic and you've got a minute to explain what the hardest aspects are of living with bipolar one. You upload it, then you click on the next one, record, uh, you know, a minute to explain how to support a loved one who has bipolar disorder or to share a minute to share an experience you had with mania or psychosis or depression um, or, you know, a variety of different experiences and, and insights. So, you know, we came up with a list of prompts. There's about 20 of them and you just have one minute per topic. And uh, usually people are able to go on and do a virtual interview within about a half hour, uh, I'd say, to contribute, you know, to most of those sections. But Ideally, we'd love to get dozens of perspectives for each topic. So there's just a plethora of resources. So if you're struggling with medication, you know, you can click on medication side effects and hear two dozen people who have bipolar 2 disorder share some of the experiences they've had with different uh, medications. You know, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them, what kind of side effects they've noticed. And, and then, you know, after you watch 20 little short video clips in 10 or 15 minutes, then you know, maybe you'll have a couple ideas or insights of what you could try if you're struggling with that. Or if you're having a hard time falling asleep and you keep on triggering a manic episode, um, you know, you could watch a couple dozen people share their best tips for sleeping. Um, and, and maybe one of those will work for you and, and kind of help you out. So, you know what? <clears throat> wow. Thank you for that. I'm going to give you another clap, maybe even some cheering. Yeah, because that was like like super uh, detailed and super amazing. And I know of, in fact, I met someone today who actually is dealing with their partner, a fiance actually, who um, is suffering from bipolar. And she's look, looking for authentic resources like this. And I will definitely send this to her. And I'm so glad my wife, Rebecca, found you. And thank yeah. God your wife, Rebecca, <laughs> like got you focused enough to be in and in, to inspire you to create this app <laughs> uh, or God, you know, definitely. Uh, but she was probably an angel. It's got you focused. Well, yeah. I mean, she's, I think she's been very supportive. Cause I mean, <clears throat> to have your husband quit 
their job and not make any income to pursue a project. And then to be willing to let your husband work full time on the project without really getting any financial kickback is a, is a good sacrifice on her end, you know, cause we don't, I mean, we make enough money off of YouTube that we live comfortably, but, um, you know, to I'll let your husband go into work every day doing a job that doesn't really earn any money <laughs> currently. Um, uh, it's a leap a, of faith. Let's just get real. Of, it's a leap of faith. And uh, I mean, we've been, we've been super blessed and, you know, as, as long as we have a roof over our head, can meet our bills and, you know, uh, that's what kind of matters to me personally. And so far, you know, God's provided for our family. So as long as we can be provided for, I, you know, intend to continue to work as hard as I can to, to try to make the life app resource exist. Uh, got a ridiculous amount of work ahead of me to <laughs> build it out, but it's so amazing. So where are you guys living now? Are you guys still in Utah? No, we moved about two years ago to to Missouri. We couldn't afford to buy a house in Utah. It's too pricey yeah. out there. Yeah, I mean, it's expensive. You know, it costs like uh, you know, a really teeny tiny home would probably cost like a quarter million dollars. You know, and um, out here in Missouri, um, you know, we bought a real nice big home for one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. No uh, kidding. Oh. It would have costed like <clears throat> probably three fifty or four hundred in Utah. The same home. And so, um, you know, since I make the same income every month, it makes a lot of sense for us to live in a location where the cost of living is cheaper. And I don't so, blame you. so we moved out here, didn't have any family, but since we've moved out here, you know, we got my parents to move out here and my brother and his family to move out here. And, um, we've loved it out here. It's, it's so pretty. And, uh, I don't know. Are you guys near the lake? We live about an hour north of Lake of the Ozarks. Okay. Yeah. We love the Lake of the Ozarks. That's actually an amazing. And my mother yeah. actually loves Branson. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I haven't been to Branson yet. We need to go there sometime. Yeah, and I think we 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 all we've we haven't told this story on the show, but one of the um, times Rebecca and I we were moving back from Colorado back to the East Coast. My mother came out to help us. I got no. Who got the flu first? Sebastian. So our oldest got the flu, mm-hmm. a stomach flu, and then Rebecca, I think, got the flu. Yep. And then George Arthur. And then and our then you. and then our youngest got the flu, and then I got the flu, and then Grandma got the flu. Grandma got the flu, but she got it in. Oh gosh, where were we? I do not remember. It's a. It was in Missouri. Missouri. It was. I want to say. Oh. I don't remember, but I just remember that it was like it had one grocery store, mainly cow, and like <laughs> it was pretty. Um, I mean, we live in a rural community here in Maryland, but yeah. so it was more rural than that. I mean, it was like, um, but I remember like <laughs> I remember the grocery store had like some of the best fried chicken that I've actually ever tasted oh, nice. in my life. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's besides the point. But we were stuck in this town. We almost had to stay in this like gnarly hotel where it looked like like it was a death trap. Like if we uh-huh. stayed there overnight, we wouldn't have made it out the next day. <laughs> And um, and then we ended up staying in a Best Western for like two or three days to recover. Uh-huh. Oh, it was an, it, but it was like the the Best Western was like the Hilton there. It was like the it was best. Nice. It's the best hotel. I mean, it was beautiful. And um, I remember thinking, like, you know, Missouri is like a, it's not a it's it's a cool place. I mean, you know, it's uh, family friendly. Yeah, it's you know, there's we live in the little town of about two thousand and. Yeah, there's definitely some podunk, you know, really small uh, towns in Missouri and in some bigger ones, but I, we, we love it here. Really nice community. Uh, not not too podunk, but um, but nice, nice and rural, nice people. That's that's really cool. And do you guys have an actual um, Church of Latter-day Saints there close by? Yeah, yeah. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is just a couple miles from where we live, actually, um, just on the highway. So it's uh, pretty accessible. Some of the people who go to our our congregation have to travel like, you know, a half hour to an hour, some people. But but we live close to it, so we only have like a few-minute drive, which is nice. But Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we're, uh, we're pretty, pretty blessed that we've got a nice location where we can meet every every Sunday. So. 
Well, thank you very much. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, your social media locations, your website, how they can download. Well, uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't go there, but like uh, yeah. you can tell people how YouTube. You, yeah. To give everyone yeah. your locations where they can connect with you. And then we will also drop all of those links into the description of the show. The oh, cool. show will air on the uh 24th this week yeah because we had a two hour um by the time people listen to this they would have listened to two weeks of a uh, of our summit part two which was two hours long and i figured we didn't want to like come back and hit them with another show right away so we want to give them uh uh no today is the 20th no the 31st yeah it'll go out on halloween it'll go out on halloween oh perfect Uh-oh. halloween's oh. <laughs> i'll spook them all oh goodness <laughs> yeah so let us know where where can we find you on youtube <laughs> well uh so i have a few youtube channels uh the main one that has the most subscribers called lifey and it uh uh you know it has a bunch of travel content about different countries um and uh, then I have another one called Lifey Health that has, you know, interview snippets just like the app. Um, and then I have another one. <clears throat> if people want to see the quirky side of me, um, I have one called Lifey Guy where I've done some uh, how-to tutorial review type videos. And uh, it's kind of a a hobby that every now and then I'll pick it up and, and, you know, publish some new videos. I haven't really been able to do much with it because I've just been so busy with the app. But I mean, and then there's lifey.org. So lifey.org just basically links to the uh, app right now and has some other content. But eventually um, I plan to have on lifey.org a web version of the app, you know, lifey.org forward slash bipolar two disorder and have like all the videos where you can watch them on the website and then people can share the videos more easily and, and access them more easily without having to download the app. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the main places. Then if anyone wants to email me, my email is alexbalinski at gmail.com, B-A-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. Um, Alex Balinski. Um, well, excellent. Well, Alex, make sure you definitely send me all of those links in an email. I think you have our you have an email. It, it, well, it's on the the calendar invite. Both emails, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah so I you can. Yeah, de- definitely send us those links, and we'll definitely post them in the description as always. Everyone in bipolar land all over the world, um, and Lifey, Lifey.org, the Lifey app is definitely something you have to check out if you're looking for authentic shared experiences um, as a way to gain insight in your personal experience, especially for our community, which individuals are, you know, have in mental illness or taking care of someone um, or, you know, a loved one with mental illness. So this is a great way, especially like we said during the show, if you are hesitant or shy about connecting, this is a great way to connect with people until until you're ready to really like absolutely connect. So, and get information and insight, definitely check it out. Alex, you're amazing. It's so nice for you to spend your evening with us. Um, I wish you nothing but the best. And we hope that when you become a bazillionaire, that you (laughs) will like take this show and finance it single handedly. Uh, (laughs) uh, But no kidding. No, but seriously, we wish you nothing but the best and the best to you and your wife and and family. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And it was a pleasure doing the interview and, Love and appreciate you guys. Keep up the good work. And uh, hopefully, <clears throat> you know, hopefully we can continue to create something that will be helpful for people on the app. Feel free to to pray for me. It's a, it's a, a daunting, daunting task, but I'm going to give it my best shot. So we'll do. And uh, everyone out there, you hear that? Let's all sh- throw some prayers Alex's way because he is taking a leap of faith and it's, you know, it's, it's working out, but we want it to continue to grow and bless the lives of people. So thank you very much, Alex, and um, take care. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 So honey, before we go, um, we do have, of course, the song of the week. Um, but did you want to share a little bit about this kind of what you were going through? No. I know we do it at the beginning of the show, but this time, 
We could do it at the end of the show. No. If you feel like you don't want to do it this time. No, I'll do it. All right. <laughs> so last week we told you that they wanted to put me in the hospital because I was so depressed. Um, we've decided that Latuda wasn't right for me. We've gone back to the Lamictal, but as everyone knows, when you start Lamictal, you got to start at the bottom and work your way back up. So now we got to wait until it stops working, bump it up, wait till it stops working, bump it up. And so we're going through all that now. And I, I, and now you're, you're, it was like night and day. Mm. It was like night and day. You improved as soon as you got on until now. Well, that's just because you hit the plateau. So now it's time to go up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's it's it. been it's yeah. been fun. That's all we're getting. What's what is the song of the the week? So the song of the week is the song that Amy Doremus um talked about in our show uh last week. Um the summit. It is uh so am at this I. point it'll be week before last. Sure. <laughs> it is So Am I by Ava Max. Um, yes. so we're going to take her recommendation and play that song. Yes. So after this song, you'll hear our typical message that we give you every week and, oh gosh, we didn't even play the interview of the week, but thank you. Actually, I'm going to play it right now. Thank you very much for joining us for this week's interview of the week with Alex Belinsky, the creator of Lifey. And here it is. So am I. Do you ever feel like a misfit? Everything inside you is dark and twisted Oh, but it's okay to be different Cause baby, so am I So am I, so am I, so am I Can you hear the whispers all across the room? You feel her eyes all over you like cheap perfume You're beautiful, but misunderstood Thank you for listening to another week of Bipolar Girl. In the words of Grammy Award-winning artist from Africa, Amu Sangari, who I absolutely love, 
Confico, the uncertainty of things. You know, living with a mental illness or living with someone with a mental illness can be uncertain at times, but that's why we do this show. We do this show to create community and a place where you can express yourself and get knowledge. Right, honey? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason we have the show, right? Though, again, things might be uncertain, you can be certain that we're here for you. Godspeed and have a great week. (laughs) 